the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The president has been shot. That's what I heard over the PA system at South Hills Catholic High School 56 years and about three hours ago. Exactly 56 years ago today, JFK was assassinated. And uh, so I guess this is a where were you? Do you know where you were when uh, that happened? And then you'd have to be, that was 56 years ago. You'd have to be, I don't know, 63, 65 to have any real memory of it, I guess. Maybe a little younger than that. But uh, I went to an all-boys Catholic school, and I was in Brother Lawrence's Spanish class. And the PA comes on, and it's Brother Alfred. He's the principal. And he says, the president, I have bad news, the president has been shot. And everybody in the class thought it was Ferb Gannon who had been shot, <laughs> because Ferb was the... Uh, the the, uh, the student council president, and um, the way nobody nobody could even imagine that the president of the United States had been shot. Everybody was going Ferb. Somebody shot Ferb. Why would anybody shoot Ferb? And by the way, I ran into Ferb a few weeks ago, and he's doing fine. But uh, that's what's what I think about when I think about um, you know what happened on that day that uh, that John F. Kennedy was assassinated, and we got out of school early. We left and. But when I think of this weekend, uh, 56 years ago, started on a Friday, and it was Sunday morning that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was shot and killed on live television, and it was the replay was used. That was the first uh, replay was only uh, introduced, I think, a couple of months before in a, in a football game for the first time, and so they used it to show the replay of him being shot. But to me, the most amazing thing about that weekend, looking back on it now since I've worked in the media since then and been to a million press conferences, you can go on YouTube and look up Harvey Oswald with the press. They brought Harvey Oswald out. He he had assassinated the President of the United States uh, a day earlier, and they brought him out, and the media were firing questions at him like he was a football coach, and he was answering and they let him. They let the they let the uh, the the the, the uh, media ask him questions. I don't think they had any food out for the media like they do for uh, press conferences now. But Lee Harvey was standing there. and He was answering questions. And then it was the next day that they brought him out, and all they had were a couple of cops, you know, uh, walking with him. And Jack Ruby came out of the out of the uh, shadows and just shot him and killed him. That when you look at that, it is just absolutely amazing. That uh, that that happens, but or that that happened, but uh, that was 56 years ago today, and it was on a Friday, by the way. So it is Friday, uh, and I think you know what that means. And now it's time for the jerk of the week, starring John Steigerwald. Well, it was easy this week. We have a defending champion, Miles Garrett, actually topped himself. He's the guy who hit Mason Rudolph with his helmet after he had ripped it off Rudolph's head in Cleveland last week. How do you top that? Well, by waiting a few days and then playing the race card at your hearing to appeal the suspension. He said Rudolph used a racial slur while they were on the ground, which is actually worse than hitting Rudolph with a helmet. Nobody with a brain believes him, and Rod- Rudolph was asked about it. Do you feel that you instigated or said anything that escalated this incident? Definitely didn't say anything that escalated it, but uh, like I said, I got, I got to do a better job of keeping my composure in those situations. Um, and, and uh, you know, I think it was an, it was an unfortunate situation for, for both teams involved. Well, if Rudolph had used a racial slur, does anybody on the planet believe that Garrett wouldn't have said so 10 seconds into his uh, post-game interview? So for the second week in a row, Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns is the Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. 
The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Confusing, tedious, worse than a math test. That's how most Americans describe shopping for health insurance. Yep, open enrollment is here again. You have until December 15th to choose something very expensive that you hope to never use. And if that makes you want to stick a red-hot poker in your eye, call Marley Financial. Marley has every plan available in the tri-state, but they also offer some of the most innovative solutions to tackle the high cost of health care. Heard of first-dollar benefits, the most expensive part of a health plan? They're great if you visit the doctor a lot or take medications, but if you're healthy, why pay it? A catastrophic plan through Marley may be all you need. Or how about a high-deductible plan you can pair with a supercharged HSA? Not all plans qualify, but Marley's do, offering double benefits to cut your out-of-pocket costs in half. Call Marley Financial today at at 724-884-1496 for a custom-designed health plan with the coverage you need at a price that's right for you. 724-884-1496 or at MarleyFG.com. We're living in a very successful, affluent society for many people. Yet, it's also true that there are people that are being left out of that. And how do we reach those people? Joel Gilliam, Executive Director at Light of Life Rescue Mission on Pittsburgh's North Side. So part of what Light of Life does is that we help them in our education and employment program to connect with workforce development, to look at the skill gap that exists. And so we're partnering with places like the community college. We're taking our clients, once they are clean, and they are ready to move on, now they can actually get credentialed in an area where they can be hired to work with uh, UPMC or Google or or Amazon or these other places. And so it provides an on-ramp for those who are left out to get back involved in society. Help someone else find their comeback story. To become a monthly partner or make a one-time gift, visit lightoflife.org slash give today. lightoflife.org slash give. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of besthotgrill.com. Not only do we have great grills, but also the best hot patio heaters. We are the nationwide distributor for Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters, the very best patio heater that you can get. The Bromic heaters use the same radiant burner technology as our Solaire Infrared Grill. So they heat up fast and keep you warm so you can enjoy your backyard grill and outdoor living spaces into the night and all year round. Bromic heaters have stylish contemporary designs that fit perfectly in backyard and restaurant patios. We have gas and electric models to suit most installation needs and a portable gas heater that directs the heat where you want it, not the bushes and walls like the mushroom heaters. For top quality performance and aesthetics, you want Bromic Radiant Patio Heaters and Solaire Infrared Grills. Learn about these amazing grills and heaters at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, how about some sports, sort of? Uh, this is another one of those sports stories that uh, goes beyond sports, the kind of sports stories actually I like to do here. It's baseball, and it's politics, and they tend to come together when teams um, get money from taxpayers to build or renovate ballparks, and this is about Erie. I don't know if you know it or not, but Major League Baseball is considering completely realigning the minor leagues, which might be nice for the Major League teams, but it'll be bad for places like Erie, where the team is a big deal. 
and it plays in a ballpark funded by the taxpayers. Liz Allen is a member of the Erie City Council, and she's let Major League Baseball know that this could be a problem, and Liz joins us now. Liz, thanks for being here. Uh, thanks for having me, John. So what did you tell Major League Baseball uh, about this, uh, what's, what they could be doing to Erie here by eliminating the team? Well, I told them a couple of things. One is that um, we have been depending on this ballpark as an economic driver for downtown since it opened in 1995. So I kind of have to go back in the history there. Um, at, at that time, I was working for the newspaper, and I actually was the editor of the special section we did on the ballpark. We had single A then, and we were actually we were affiliated with the Pirates at that time. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah. Yeah, so we had the, and that's why our team is called the Seawolf, because Seawolf is another name for pirates. Oh, okay. And so I think we had the, the pirates until, uh, 99, and I think that's when we went double A. Then we had the Angels, and then the, uh, Tigers in 2000. So we've had the Tigers as a double A affiliate since 2001. And the, when the ballpark was first built, it was a really great collaborative effort. I mean, there, the, the city, City ended up having a share, having a parking ramp built across there. You know, one of the that was like this is what the city is contributing, and I think it cost maybe eight or nine million dollars altogether. So it's kind of done on on a budget, but it, it's one of those ballparks where people always come and rave about how intimate it is. Yep. Um, you know, when all the new ballparks started mm-hmm. being built, where you were you were close to the field and everything. So um, you know, we went double A um, and. We are in the midst of a lot of uh, downtown redevelopment. Uh, there's a lot of good things happening. Our largest employer is now Ear Insurance, which is just putting up a new headquarters building. And the movers and shakers, I, I'm not one of the movers and shakers, but they've divided the downtown into districts You know, on a much smaller scale than what Pittsburgh has. Mm-hmm. So this is considered the entertainment district. So the ballpark is right downtown. It's right next to Erie Insurance arena where the uh, OHL um, otters play, which is junior hockey. We also have a G League team, uh, the Bayhawks, but they are only going to be here for, I think, one or two more seasons. We're now affiliated with the Pelicans, so they're playing in Erie while the Pelicans finish building their facility in in New Orleans. You got baseball, hockey, and basketball. We have baseball, hockey, and basketball. And we have a long tradition of uh, baseball history here. So I think there's a couple of different things that are going to be happening. There's the the, the economic factor. Um, we also have an amusement tax here. And uh, from UPMC Park, which is the name of the ballpark, I just asked for the figures yesterday. We got about $25,000 in, um, in 2019. And that could be – there were maybe some other functions at, at the ballpark also. Mm-hmm. And that's not – maybe a huge amount when you're talking about a city budget that's millions and millions, but we also have, um, you know, uh, you know, the payroll of people who are working at the Seawolves, including myself. I actually happen to be an usher at the Seawolves, so I, <laughs> that's one of my part-time jobs. Yeah. But I'm not doing this as a vanity project. Um, I've said, oh, I, I think the, one of the other things I said to MLB is that um, we have one of the most, and we talk a lot about inclusion, and I see the young kids who are working at the ballpark. We have one of the most diverse, you know, uh, staff in terms of the young people who can walk there, or you know, and they're doing things where they're getting experience if they want to go into sports or they just want to go out into the retail world or something. So we have, and I don't know exactly how many people are employed there altogether. So I'm a part-time usher, um, but you know, we so we have that to consider. And then we have this $12 million in the, uh, the the capital grant from the state, which the city had been waiting for for a long time. I have kind of had some mixed feelings about, you know, public subsidies for ballparks and for arenas. But I did think that it, it that, what do I want to say, the infrastructure really needed to be improved there. So, uh-huh. I mean, it was like, it, it, I considered that, and I wasn't I had no sway in getting this at all. This was had been in the works for a long time. But, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to be done there in, in terms of just the infrastructure. You know, there's some, some right. cracks well, somewhere. And, and you know, so that I, I look at it as we've already invested money into this. Right. Here's a new investment coming in. Let's make sure that we bring it up to the standards that 
you know, that, that, um, that fans would be demanding that the ball players would expect and that, um, you know, city officials would also expect. Now, one of the things that I have read, because I've been trying to read as much as possible about this whole contraction, is I've seen some uh, reports that MLB, I mean, well, there's a bunch of different things going on there, as I'm sure you know, in terms yeah. of like, you know, hey, how are we going to play the minor league players right. instead of poverty wages? But also a lot of emphasis on this, not so much the fan experience, but the facilities themselves. Oh, wait a minute. We want, you know, a great nutrition center for our, our ball players, yeah. and we want a great workout facility. And I don't know what those facilities are like here, although the SeaWorld general manager says we meet the standards. I guess one of my concerns is putting money into the ballpark, and then someone comes along and says, oh, wait a minute. You, you, you added this. We're going to have a team store there and, and um, a new entranceway, and they're, you know, fixing the suites and and so a lot of well, uh, it's more than cosmetics. But, but, Liz, but are they going to say, "Wait a minute, now we want more money"? Yeah. I don't know. Well, here's the thing: uh, we're talking to Liz Allen. She's a member of the Erie City Council. Um, the taxpayers here in Western Pennsylvania, uh, right here in Pittsburgh area, have have paid for the renovations, from what I understand, because it was a, a state a twelve million dollar um, subsidi- subsidization subs- it was subsidized with twelve million dollars in, in state money. Yeah, those capital assistance grants. Yeah, that yeah. Go to there's yeah. I don't have a whole list of where well. The reason all gone the reason through. I bring that up yeah. is that that there's that that's that that people in all over the state have an interest in this because it was their tax dollars that you know that somehow are going to end up helping the Erie uh, the Erie Sea Wolves and the Detroit Tigers so that they could have a a double A affiliate. So um, and and. At some point, I agree with you that it's a statewide. Yeah, and you know, there's the, the other two teams in Pennsylvania, and I don't know, you know, the Williamsport uh, Crosscutters yeah. and the um, State the College Curve, yeah. Bikes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. So State College has, I mean, Penn State use they're they're using the field that uh, Penn State has, and they're supposed to be losing their. Yeah, uh, minor league teams also. So I don't are, know how those stadiums what, were built. Uh, which was the last one you said could be losing it? The state college one. Yeah, the state college spikes. Yeah, they could be going to. Uh, so here's the thing, though. Yeah. Um, you, what we're talking about here is that the people of uh, the the politicians, and in, in effect, the people of Pennsylvania or people of Erie, uh, they have invested money in this and time uh, and effort into this ballpark. Uh, operating on the good faith uh, notion that um, the Tigers were going to, that there was always going to be a minor league team. Uh, you don't, you don't spend a nickel on that ballpark if you think that uh, next year there's not going to be a team. What would you have a, a beautiful ballpark for? So, how, what's your recourse? That, that was my question. <laughs> I, I don't know what I, I've seen uh, quotes because I've been trying to read. You know, it's forty-two different teams, so yep. I haven't gotten through. To every single like that's forty two teams that they're talking single, about eliminating, right? You forty two teams yeah. being eliminated. So I've been trying to read as much as I can across the country. I know that um, there's a team in Iowa. I think it's Clinton, Iowa, where the the city I think took out a bond issue for their ballpark, and they still have I think eight years to pay on on the bond issue. So some of the stuff I've read is that there 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 will be you know lawsuits um, filed about this but i don't know it just it 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 seems like a betrayal to me and it, it, it seems it is. like a it is but how like, do you how do you um uh, how do you rectify it well no well you well, i was gonna say uh, that but but um major league baseball can say to you hey that's not our problem you know that's up to what we we're the major league baseball and we have a monopoly and uh, we've decided this and we're leaving and uh sorry but you know so we don't care if you think we're greedy and we don't care yeah. about the people who work at the ballpark they're nice people and all that but uh we're trying to run a ball club here and we don't care about you guys basically that's what they're saying well, i i do think that that's what they're saying and uh i've read um, just about everything I read this morning to prepare for this, from, I read different columnists who are talking about it being a, a power play. But I think, okay, so I think maybe what you're, what you may be getting to 
and I wish I was well-versed enough to be able to speak about this, but, you know, um, I think it was, uh, was it 120 members of Congress signed a letter to MLB protesting this. And one of the things that some people pointed out is that the, the, the same people who signed that letter also signed on to the uh, America's Pastime Fairness Act, which was part of the omnibus spending bill, which said that, uh, basically said that, um, you know, MLB didn't have to pay minimum wage to, to the minor league players. I think what the, I did look up our congressman, Mike Kelly, he voted against that, that bill, against the America's Pastime thing, but signed on to this letter. Um, and I think what that letter said, if I have it correct, is that um, the, the leverage that, you know, at the federal level that they have is challenging the antitrust, um, you know, the, the monopoly status that, that MLB enjoys. So for too long, maybe that's what will happen. I don't yeah. know, though. I'm no yeah. lawyer. So yeah. I'm certainly no, no uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm no ballpark lawyer, but one of my friends, her uh, her, her friend's husband is a baseball uh uh, specialist at Notre Dame in the law school there. I guess I should have I should have asked her for some advice yeah. before well, I started off on that. Yeah, well, um, the, you know the the ball the these are we're talking about major league teams that have been more than happy to take money from taxpayers for ballparks all over the country, billions of dollars, really, when you mm-hmm. add it all up, including here in Pittsburgh. And uh, right, just, and what do you, you guys are still? You're paying still on it. Do you have a yeah. like a special levy or something? How much is that? Uh, well, that, that was it's Allegheny uh, County the, 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 That I uh, that was a crooked deal from the from day one. The voters said no, and the and the politicians did it anyway. It's a long story, but that but that uh, okay. The people in Allegheny County are paying a one per, one cent higher sales tax than everybody else. Seven percent as opposed to six percent. I think is what it is. But Major League Baseball apparently is offering membership to the cities that are going to lose teams in something called the Dream League, which I, when yes, I read about it, it didn't sound League. like much of a dream to me. It did not sound like much of a dream. I will tell you what I, at my husband's suggestion today, I went and I listened to the James Earl Jones speech yeah. from uh, Field of Dreams. Yep. You know, we've always had baseball, and, and you know everything else has gone away, but we always have baseball. So it was like, yes, yes, that's very inspiring. Um, but the most of the comments I've seen about the Dream Team have been negative, you know, and that also shifts the cost of, of uh, paying the player salaries. Well, what, um, what it to, is to the is uh, owners. It's like a it's a league. Um, it would be a giant independent league, like well, the one that the for people around here, if the like the Washington Wild things pet play in. But instead of the major league uh, clubs paying the players, the people, the, the whoever owns the the Erie Seawolves right. would have to pay the players, which means you're not going to get very good players, and it ain't going to be anything like Double right. A baseball. It's going to be uh, way below that level of quality of play, and so they're just going to let you build your ballpark and then just pull out. That's that's what MLB is going to do to you guys. I think that that's what's going to happen. I've actually, I will tell you, the other night, I used to have a boss um, who's now retired. Uh, from the newspaper, and he used to say to me, because, you know, newspapers have gone through challenging times, right, right. so are, and he would say to me, there's no problems, only challenges. So uh-huh. by last night, I was trying to think, okay, so so now what? Now what, now what could happen? And you don't laugh or make fun of me, because I know, you know, you have a particular, like, hey, what, what your point of view is, I was trying to think, is there any way to, like, salvage something for this and one of the things i was thinking about is not the dream league but the fact that i mean yuri does have a rich baseball history yeah, I, I only, and you know i only have 30 I, seconds what, liz i gotta go to a break so okay okay what i'd like to do is say then maybe we end up celebrating the the negro league players who, who ended up making their home in Yuri, or the fact that the very first Baseball movie ever made was made by, about a guy from Erie starring himself, Turkey Mike Donlin. You can look him up from the New York Giants. <laughs> An orphan who, you know, who, who made it, after living Th- in the orphanage, made it to the New York Giants. Thanks, Liz. Okay? I've, i got to go. Good luck with this. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. In a phone interview with Fox News Channel's Fox & Friends, President Trump says he does not expect it to be impeached. 
because Democrats have absolutely nothing incriminating, but he's ready either way. I want a trial. You know, I could think I could have it. You want a trial? Whatever I want. Oh, I would. Look, number one, they should never, ever impeach. The president said Democrats have done have nothing incriminating. Meanwhile, an FBI lawyer is suspected of altering a document related to the surveillance of former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. That's according to a person familiar with the situation. The allegation is part of a Justice Department inspector general investigation into the early days of the FBI's Russia probe. On Wall Street, the dot by 109 points. The Nasdaq rose 13. The S&P advanced 6. Oil down to 57.77 a barrel. This is SRN News. Are you tired of owing back taxes to the IRS or state and need relief? New guidelines in tax reform have increased the success of the Fresh Start Initiative programs, but this won't last long. The tax problem solvers have set up a direct line for a free qualification. Call 1-800-928-7418. Put this number in your cell phone. 1-800-928-7418. You'll be given the opportunity to speak to tax experts that will analyze your tax situation and explain how you can reduce and even eliminate the debt. Ignoring the IRS is not an option, and doing so puts you at greater risk of collection enforcement, such as wage garnishments, liens, and bank levies. If you're currently on a payment plan, have unfiled tax returns, or have been denied in the past, new guideline changes may make it possible to qualify now. Make sure to ask us about our free six-step guide to reduce your taxes. Call 1-800-928-7418. Again, that's 1-800-928-7418. Dr. Sebastian Gorka wants to know, where are the Republicans? Imagine if the GOP had fought half as much, half as aggressively as the Democrats have for the last three years. If you would add that to what the president has achieved by himself, Mm -hmm. where would we be today? What are they picking up their paycheck for? America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 3, right before John Steigerwald at 5 on AM 1250. The Answer. The day after Thanksgiving, feeds your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together for the third year to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack over one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 29th at the Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. We think we'll break last year's record. We know it will be a lot of fun. To register for the event or make a donation, go to amentoaction.org. Pittsburgh, this is Tun Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. All month long, the team at Calusi is having a Black Friday sales event. So right now, you could qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 72 months, plus a $750 down payment assistance on select 2020 Chevy Equinox LS. Inventory is limited, so hurry in now. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Heavy delays for your Friday of the inbound Parkway West from Carnegie down to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound heavy Banksville Road to Carnegie 79 to Campbell's Run Road. Parkway East looking very busy inbound. Forest Hills to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Lots of street closures downtown for late up night festivities. That includes closures of a bunch of streets around Market Square, also the Clemente Bridge and many streets around it. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, the answer, weather. Winds will be diminishing early tonight, mainly clear and colder, low 25.
Tomorrow, sunshine will give way to clouds. Rain will be developing later in the afternoon and will continue into tomorrow night. The high tomorrow, 47. We could see some snow mixing in with the rain later on tomorrow night, low 32. Sunday, a morning snow shower, otherwise mostly cloudy, high 44 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, do you think your kids or grandkids or you spend too much time on a smartphone? You probably do, and you can bet your kids or grandkids do. Professor Donna Freitas of Adelphia University up in Long Island also wrote a book called Happiness Effect, How Social Media is Driving a Generation to Appear Perfect at All Costs. Did an experiment with her class. She had college kids give up their phones. She found out a lot of scary things. She joins us now. Donna, thanks for being here. I really appreciate you having me. So let's just start with this. Um, for which course was the this experiment done? Well, it's a first-year seminar course. And first-year seminar courses are kind of fun. They can be experimental. And this one was called or is called Life Unplugged. It's called what? It's called Life Unplugged. Oh, Life Unplugged. And Imagine, so, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I, what I wanted to do was design a course based out of this research I did for a national study about social media smartphones and college students. And one of the things that came up a lot when I did my research was this issue of students spoke a lot about how even though they know that they're supposed to be users of social media, they feel, and smartphones, they feel used by it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, they feel like they should be in control, but they, they felt controlled by it. And so the students wondered a lot about what would it mean to have a healthy relationship, you know, with our devices and with social media. And so I based the entire course around those issues. Okay, so how did you, how did it work? Uh, did, uh, I know that you had them go without cell phones, but how long did they go without them, and how were you <laughs> able to make sure they weren't cheating? <laughs> well, uh, so the, you know, it wasn't like I, we started the course and I took away their cell phones or something. Um, I had warned in the course description that there was, you know, going to be a period where students were not going to be on their cell phones. They were going to have their smartphones taken away. Um, but I made sure the first week of classes that the students knew that come November, there was going to be a week where they would be required to surrender their smartphones for, for that whole week. And that if they didn't want to take the course, like if they didn't want to do that, they had to drop the course. So, um, so my students knew like way back in August when we started, um, that this project was coming up and we spent the first about two months of the course really thinking through um, all kinds of research that's out there about our relationship with our smartphones, how it changes our brains, our relation, you know, our relationships with people, our ability to concentrate and sleep. So we were looking at all the research um, based on uh, how smartphones and social media you know, affecting us. And, uh, and in the meantime, my students were, you know, getting an alarm clock and telling oh, yeah. their parents, you know, they're going to give the smartphones. And so it was, there was a lot of lead up time. We did a lot of prep. Okay. So, so and uh, I'm just wondering, um, you said that they were told before the course that they were going to spend that time without their phones. Did that scare any of the kids off? Uh, just two. two we were talking handle. about this the other day. Um, two students dropped the course, but then two students added in. Mm -hmm. And I think my students, it took them a while to really believe that this was going to happen. <laughs> like I think they, there was a way in which they thought we would get to November and I would say, just kidding, like we're not going to do this. But um, we, you know, they, they ended up by the time November 7th arrived, that was when we started the, the cell phone fast. Uh, they were excited. I think they were really nervous, but they were also like ready. And so, I mean, they really gave them up. We locked them away in pub in a safe in the public safety department on our campus wow. for the whole week. They, they helped us. So the head of public safety, like it was very funny. Um, him and another few workers at public safety they had evidence bags ready they lined my students up and one by one they sealed away the phones and evidence bags and they put them in the safe that's great now uh were these kids uh commuters or are they living on campus 
it was a mix. Uh-huh. Um, some students were commuters. A lot of students were living on campus. We had to have a lot of hard conversations with parents uh, before the project. Uh, I think parents uh, were really stressed out. <laughs> they weren't going to be able to reach their kids all the time. Some parents were very supportive. But uh, I know one of the things that the students were really excited about was... Um, kind of having freedom from their parents. You know, they talked a lot in the class about how their parents track them. And a lot of their parents will, you know, text them like 15 to 20 times a day. And one of the things they said they were looking forward to before we started the, you know, the smartphone uh, unplugging was just like letting, you know, having a break from that and not having their parents not be able to reach them constantly or not be able to track them. So that was kind of interesting. And you're you're dealing with uh, people who are of the age that they, I, I don't know if it's, are they, are they of the age that they don't know what it's like not to have a, cell, a, a smartphone? Pretty much. For most of their lives, they have... You know, they, they got smartphones at a pretty early age. And, you know, they, they talked a lot in the course about how um, they they really feel addicted. And one of the things that we spent a lot of time discussing was, uh, you know, all of the research about um, the theory that goes into, you know, uh, how people design social media platforms and smartphones to addict us, you know, to sort of get that dopamine rush. And um, the students felt really startled, I think, to read that. And yeah. I think it it really motivated them to think about, okay, like, how can I change my relationship? How can I be more in control? And, you know, I, the, the, whole, the, the whole point of this project was to give them an opportunity to see what life is like without the smartphone, you know, mm-hmm. for a week, but also just to interrupt the relationship they have so they can start forging a new relationship, a healthier relationship, you know, with these devices, because Mm -hmm. I think it's really one of the most important skills students can acquire for college right now. You know, smartphones make it really hard for them to concentrate and to read and to get anything done. And so, you know, I want them to be empowered in relation, you know, to these devices. I want them to be able to use those devices as opposed to feel used by them, like those students I interviewed talk so much about. Well, let me ask you, because uh, you, I did see that you said that these the apps are designed to be addictive. Can you describe what you mean by that and how are they designed? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of research out there. If you start looking, it's, it's kind of disturbing. But, um, you know, these, uh, these companies will hire... You know, human engineers, like people who um, who know the theory, for example, uh, you know, a lot of the theory used to design these platforms and even, you know, the bells and whistles that go with them, you know, like the notifications and when you get them and the kinds of features they have are are people who are using the same theory that goes into designing slot machines. Wow. So, you know, that same theory, like the theory that gets people addicted, you know, to become gamblers, like that is the theory that is being used to design these platforms and to design smartphones. They're taking advantage of what our brains um, seek in terms of, you know, pleasure and affirmation and, you know, those, those dopamine rushes that we get when we get a notification or when someone likes our post. Wow. And so, so yeah, it's really, it's, it's disturbing when you start looking into the research. And we, we spent a lot of time, too, talking about sleep and um, not just the lights on our phones and how those affect our ability to go to sleep, but, um, but also just that one of, the, one of the things that these companies really see is their biggest competition is our sleep. <laughs> you know, like they're, they're competing for our time. And they want us to spend more and more time on these platforms and, and on our phones. And so, of course, the more we do that, the less we spend with each other, you know, the less that we spend sleeping, the less that we spend, you know, reading our well, homework I've, or, you know, writing our papers. Yeah. 
We're talking to Professor Donna Freitas of Delphi University, author of The Happiness Effect, How Social Media is Driving a Generation to Appear Perfect at Any Cost. Um, I have to ask you, because I saw someone say this somewhere, I can't remember who it was, uh, we're talking to somebody about this, uh, it was more about talking about social media than it was the smartphone in general, but um, they said that if if it's addictive, which it is, um, and Facebook and all those platforms are are designed to be addictive. Uh, it, there are laws to prevent kids under the age of eighteen from buying cigarettes, which happen to be addictive, or alcohol, which also is, and drugs. So, how would you react to somebody saying that the smartphones should be restricted, uh, or kids should be restricted from having total use of a self uh, smartphone? If I mean, if it's that. If the potential is there to be addictive and that could be that damaging, why why are they running? Why does every kid in America have one? Well, I I do think that at some point we're we're headed for a reckoning um, in our culture. I, I think we have to we have to really give some thought to um, you know do we really want all of our kids using these devices in the realm of their education? Because you know all of these companies companies are scrambling and competing to get you know, all the kids in schools on iPads and, you know, they're, you know, they want to start kids early on all of these devices, the companies do. And, you know, I think we as a culture need to think about, you know, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to our ability to pay attention, to, to be in conversation, to be in relationship with each other? And, you know, I think we're going to have to ask really hard questions. And I think one of the things that is most telling that we need to look at as a culture, as people, as parents, as, you know, as, as teachers is the fact that um, if you, you know, there's a lot of reporting on how, you know, uh, the kids of the Silicon, the Silicon Valley executives, like they are, they are going to schools where no screens are allowed. And so you have the Silicon Valley executives who are, desperate to prevent their own children from being on screens ever. They want their kids' education to be screen-free. And, you know, they, you know, they obviously know, like, what, um, you know, what they're, you know, what's behind theory, you know, the design of these things. And so they're worried about their kids' usage. And so I think we need to really take a cue from that and think about what does this mean? I don't think this means we have to get rid of smartphones forever or, you know, we shouldn't be on screens at all. But I do think that we have to get a handle on, um, on our usage and really think hard about what does it mean to have a healthy relationship with these devices? Yeah, Are I, they really good for our kids' education or not? Well, I, I, I saw a story here locally. One of the high schools um, decided that uh, kids were not allowed to have cell phones on campus. They, they, they could not bring them into the school um, I don't know what, how they you know prevented them from doing it, but that that was the rule, and that that was actually a news story because it's unusual that they would do that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why wouldn't every school do that? What what does a kid need a smartphone for uh, when he's sitting in English class? Uh, well, um, so he can text his mother when he's sixteen years old. <laughs> I mean, wh- why why would you why would the parents think that they would that it would be a good idea? To have your kid be walking around in school with something that can distract him with eight million different things that he can do on his or her phone. Why is that? Why would anybody think that's a good idea? Well, just to give you an idea of how dire things feel to me sometimes, uh, I last year, part of what made me think, okay, I'm going to teach this course and I'm going to have my students give up their smartphones was a conversation I had had last fall with my students. Coincidentally, one of the, like it was just a class I was teaching. They were talking about a book that they we were reading in class, and we got into a conversation about how they read or how hard it is for them to read. And my students started talking about how one student said that it was really hard for her to read more than one sentence in a book without grabbing for her phone. So, like, she'd read a sentence and grab for her phone read a sentence and grab for her phone. And they began to talk about how, yeah, that's kind of how it is. And I sat there thinking, oh my gosh, like, so you can't read more than a sentence without grabbing for your phone? Like, how in the world can you get your work done? And, you know, they talked about how it's the same for writing your papers. And so I think we have to 
really look at that. Like, what does it mean that our kids are that compelled, you know, or that, you know, that they... That's a sickness. You know, I think about how everyone asks me because of my research, um, you know, why are kids more anxious today? Do you think it's because of social media? And, you know, yes, of course. But when I think about that conversation I had about my students and how they read, I think, well... Like, imagine going through life and not being able to focus at all. Like, just there's a pleasure in focus. Like, there's a pleasure in being able to just lose yourself in in reading or in a conversation and, you know, just to be in the moment. And so our kids are being denied that pleasure. Donna, so I, I only have about, I have about 30 seconds left, and I want to ask you this, because <laughs> what you told me is really kind of disturbing. And what bothers me is that how is it that this is allowed to go on in any school in America if anybody knows that this is how much kids have become dependent on phones? Why wouldn't why would they allow any kid to have a phone on campus? No, not college, high school. (laughs) I think there's a way in which everyone all sort of feels helpless in the face of all this. It happened so fast. And we all scrambled to try to make Wi-Fi everywhere and have everybody have these devices because that's where we thought the world was going. And suddenly we're realizing they're not as good as we thought they were. And I think, you know, it's very, very hard to, um, you know, to go backwards. And so then the question becomes, we have to remember, I think, as a culture that we, we do have some control over this. Like, we can make decisions even if they're hard. We just have to decide to make them. Well, wow. Professor Donna Freitas at Delphi University, I really appreciate it. That was some great stuff you just uh, gave us there, and also pretty disturbing, I think, to anybody who has a kid. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for having me. Okay, we'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Stag for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Like the rest of us, you're probably tired of all those annoying sales calls to your home telephone number. Now, there's a solution. OurOldNumber.com will block those pesky robocalls from getting through, and most live sales calls will hang up. So how does it work? Callers to your home telephone number will hear a personalized greeting from you. The caller selects the family member they wish to reach, and the call is immediately forwarded onto the family member's cell phone. There's no equipment to buy. There's nothing to install. No long-term contracts. It's still your phone number and remains in directory assistance. The service is only $9.99 per month, and you can eliminate your landline connection and save money. Now, calls to your home phone number can reach any member of the family wherever they are and get rid of those annoying sales calls. OurOldNumber.com. It's just $9.99 per month. Go to OurOldNumber.com to learn how you can get started blocking sales calls today. That's OurOldNumber.com. OurOldNumber.com. You'll be glad you did. When you're searching for a new mattress, you may be faced with a choice between a traditional inner spring or memory foam. But you don't have to choose. You can get the active support of a high-quality inner spring with the comfort of memory foam and the new hybrid mattresses from the original Mattress Factory. With two hand-built hybrid models to choose from, you can expect the latest in sleep innovation at the same high-quality and factory direct pricing you've come to expect from the Original Mattress Factory. Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. If you're shopping for a mattress, you might find that you're paying a lot more for free. Mattress retailers use free delivery, free frames, and free box springs to close the deal. What they don't tell you is that the price of those freebies is already built into the price of the mattress. What if you don't need a frame or delivery? Too bad you're paying for it anyway. At the Original Mattress Factory, we don't make you pay more for free. You'll only pay for what you need. That's the Original Mattress Factory difference. 
Visit OriginalMattress.com to learn more. Whether you're a candidate looking to advance your career or a company looking to advance your business, Advanced Sourcing Concepts is your bridge to success. Advanced Sourcing Concepts matches highly qualified workers with highly reputable companies. Advanced Sourcing Concepts brings a high-touch approach to human resources. As a candidate, your personal recruiter works with you to find opportunities that best fit your goals. For employers, they're your private talent scout, letting you focus on business while they find the first draft picks to deepen your bench. A certified woman-owned company, Advanced Sourcing Concepts has built a strong reputation for providing top-quality talent for direct hire, contract hire, and project-based positions here at home and across the nation and are recognized by Recruit Military as a veteran hiring leader. Visit ASCPeople.com for active job postings. Then call 412-415-5090 and cross your bridge to success. 412-415-5090 at ASCPeople.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. So uh, I just want to let you know that um, during the break, I was able to talk to our previous guest, uh, Professor Freitas, and, uh, and she told me that this is pretty scary, too, that uh, one of the things that the kids told her that they really liked about the, I guess it was a week that they spent without their cell phones, well, not cell phone, because um, it's more than that. It's a smartphone. Um, <clears throat> that they actually were really excited because they learned how to get to school from home. These are commuters without the use of their phone telling them how to get there. So these are like, how old they got to be? They're 18, 19, 20-year-old uh, human beings that uh, were not capable of making their way to the place where they go to school without the assistance of that thing that they carry in their pocket that tells them everything that they should do. Now, if you don't think that's scary, uh, and uh, because, you know, sometimes your some days your battery's going to die or you're going to lose your phone, uh, to, to think that the, the, what happens is these people, they they're, the, the reality is what is inside their phone. What's not real is what is going on outside of their brain around them. It's very scary. Thanks again for Aaron Burns. Good producing. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to Yins on Monday. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.